Welcome to another episode of Lifelong Learner. This is the Out of Class Edition with Ben, Janesh, and Matt. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lifelong Learner. Benny, how are you doing this morning? I really, really good, but disappointed. Um, sadly, Maddie broke parole, and uh, they're after he's, him again. He's been sent back. I know, and and you know what? Those that don't believe us, call him. And his phone's off or disconnected, so. Mm, mm, mm. No, we're, we're obviously joking, listeners. Matty uh, hasn't broken parole, but um, but he still is on parole. <laughs> How are you doing this morning, mate? How's Oh, welcome back to Australia. Yes. Actually. It's, uh, oh, it's great to be back. It's really great to be back. I I got on uh, on the blower with my <laughs> So, and that's interesting, you know. I, I often have coaching clients say to me, "Mate, when uh, just hold on. When you say blower, those that aren't in Australia, that means the phone, the phone, the yeah, phone, phone. Yes, the yes. blower, <laughs> phone." Um, my coaching clients are often surprised when I say, "Oh, my, my coach," and they go, "What? You've got a coach?" And they go, well, "Of course, I've got a coach." Uh, it's you know, like I'm a chiropractor, and I have a chiropractor that looks after my spine. I have a coach that looks after my mindset, looks after. Me and make sure that I'm doing the right thing. So anyway, I was on the phone to my my coach, and uh, you know it's really interesting that you know I hold the space for my clients, uh, mm. and I hold hold them to a higher standard, and we set we have them play above the line. That is, you know, be at cause rather than at effect. We always play above the line when I'm on a coaching call with my clients. But when I get to be the client, I get to play below the line. <laughs> I love I love doing that. It's just such a relief to go below the line sometimes. <laughs> anyway, I was having a great little bitch and a moan <clears throat> to my coach around just how hard it was while I was away on holiday mm. to coach and to do things. Because you see the 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 uh, the Instagram picture or you know, back in the days when there were magazines and you'd see it's a picture of a guy on a hammock and he's got a laptop and the money's just rolling in and he's sitting on a laptop making millions, working away from home. How, um, how is that, mate? How is that in reality? It is well, it's not like that. It's not like that. It's just hard work. <laughs> it's finding a library to do your next Zoom meeting out of. It's, mm. uh, it's oh, setting booking, up. Booking a know, function room. For your Zoom clients. Booking a functioning room. It's the laptop has no longer got any charge. It's the iPad cable is somehow broken between the last time you did a Zoom call. It's and on it goes, right? And so it's there's there's a lot of pain. Anyway, so I was having a bitch and a moan about that. And he said, So if you take an iceberg and you put it up at the North Pole, it actually could even grow up there at the North Pole. But if you take that iceberg, and you float it down to the equator, no matter how much that iceberg says, I'm not going to melt. I'm not going to melt. Well, I am I am not going to melt. I'm not going to melt. That iceberg, she melts when she gets to the equator. And he said, no matter how much you go away, say, hey, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to coach just as well as I could, and, you know, it's all going to be fantastic. Uh, it's not how it works. Environment, as we've said so many times on this mm-hmm. podcast, dictates performance and uh so in answering your question mate and i went around a big circle there it is great to be home because i'm back in my coaching suite got my imac my second screen uh, my standing desk my backlighting 
uh, which I'm not there today, but you know, it's like it's just glorious. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. So it is great to be home, back uh, working from my office. Um, we uh, as we might have talked about, I'm, I'm not home home as far as back in my house though, because we rented a house out for a couple of months and. So we've come home and can't get back into our home. So we've taken a, an apartment uh, down in McRae, literally across from the beach. So I'm sitting here looking out a window, but it's this beautiful artist's, uh, old artist bench, sitting here on a stool looking out the window, uh, and there's the beach. So um, we're really blessed to be to be down here and uh, um Till we get back into our house again. So, yeah. right, so life's, life's good, and it's great, great to be home. Great to be back seeing the kids and mm. uh, the team. So, did you go back to grab a few of your stuff, or what? We packed it. Um, we packed a, a couple of spare suitcases, knowing that we weren't going to be able to get back uh, into our okay. yep. left those uh, in-laws. So we grabbed those. Yeah. So we've got we've got a bit more of a wardrobe selection, except yep. for my black t-shirts. Oh, mate, uh, but how did your you talked about this? Uh, just before going, mate, I think you were – I'm not sure if you were at home when we did that episode or you um, at the clinic, but you talked about Michelle picking up these um, $6 no, – no, you were, you thought they were going to be $3 T-shirts, but they were actually $10 or $15, and you're like, oh, I don't know about these. No. How, how, how they lasted? They've lasted. This is one of them. This is the, one of the um, big W uh, – Three ninety five something t shirts. Yeah, uh, it's still lasting now. I did just put it on because um, I've been out uh, exercising this morning. So I put a fresh one on it, and it it's kind of shrunk a little bit. That could be the dryer, mm. but it's a little bit shrunken, and it's not one that you'd wear. Like if you want to wear a black t shirt out to look cool at a club or out for dinner, it's not one of the t shirts you'd wear. Gotcha. But, uh, okay. But on a podcast, it's perfect for a podcast. It's great. It's great. Podcast. So, thank you, uh, thank you, Big W, mate. How about you? What's what's been going on for you? You've you've kind of settled right back into the rhythm, I suppose. Yeah. Swap over. Yeah, yeah. So kind of right back into the rhythm. I think, um, like I think last week. I think after a couple of hour conversations, I think last week sparked a few um, just final quarter pushes. Uh, it's like kind of that in the that time of year, right? It's like um, there's still a lot of um, a lot of potential on the table for progress for just not only uh, our business but for uh, for clients as well, and just kind of bring that to light, which is interesting, um, which has been which has been fun because people go, ah, oh, okay. I'm like, no, 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 let's let's push hard, and then you'll enjoy more like end of December. Like not much happens um, middle of December in Australia till end of January, really. Um, but let's push hard, and that, that's been that's been fun. It's kind of not like a let's coast to the end. Um, that's mm-hmm. been exciting. I think a a bit of a I don't, I don't know what it's been. Maybe it's a, I think maybe it's the longer days. Um, just a re um, focus, re-energized. I don't know what the word would be. Uh, on the running, which is nice, because uh, there was a bit of a slump there where it felt forced, and I was like, "Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it being forced. Like, mm. oh, I got to run. I got to do this. Like, I was I lo- lost a bit of the enjoyment of it for for a period. 
Um, but that's coming back, which is nice, which is really good, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and doing that smarter as opposed to let's go do 20 now because I know my mind can, but the body body won't pay for it today, but the body will pay for it in four weeks' time. Um, so trying to do that as smarter. Michelle, as Michelle would say, so too will the rest of the family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Uh, Michelle and Keisha will agree. Yep, the rest of the family yeah. does. The rest yeah. of the family will. Yeah. Very much Hey, so. i tell you what's been um, an interesting feeling I've had I had a great time. I did a lot of running while I was away mm. because it was new territory and exploring mm. every morning going out for a run and finding a new place to run. But coming home, it's the same old territory. I've, I've run all these streets, even down here at McRae. I've, mm. I've been running in the past and I've, I felt like, oh, do I, look quite, I don't quite feel like a run this morning, but it's scheduled in my calendar to do a mm. run. Um, but what's been the saving grace is it's scheduled in the calendar to run and then I realise I'm actually running with someone. Mm. So on Mondays I run with Gaz, on mm-hmm. Thursdays I run with Brad, and on Fridays I run with my brother. Yeah. And I, just, I look forward to the catch-up. Yes. It used to be I was, it was like 80% looking forward to the run and 20% to the catch-up. Now it's 80% looking forward to the catch-up and 20% for the run. Oh, that's cool. So running with someone, you know, that's mm. our point. You can find a running buddy mm. that, that you've got a commitment to catch up at a certain day, yep. certain time. Um, and make it a, a conversational run. Mm, yeah, mm. and it's um like the with someone is always great accountability, mm. right? And um, we have a local running group here that I know if I there's there's usual re- regular runs on, um, but if I post a comment say on Facebook, yep, I'm in. Like I am, I am definitely waking up and I'm in. Like there's no way um, that uh, I will not like unless something's happened or whatever. Like I'm like. Because they usually will wait. They'll they'll wait like five ten minutes. Like, oh, Janice said he's coming, right? And you just don't want to be that guy saying he's coming. And yeah. The group waits, and then no one you don't you don't turn up. Um, yeah. So no, that's been good. Um, and mate, as of like oh, last night, so uh, when you said, oh, I've got into the settle the rhythm of things, which is good. Uh, I've in the next uh, not tomorrow Friday for like five days my rhythm will be thrown a little bit, which is fine. So, um, What's happening? Uh, I'm doing a smash and grab trip to to America. What? Yeah. So I wish it was on better cir- circumstances, but um, mum's brother passed away on the weekend and he's been ill for a while and um, and ideally mum will, mum's younger brother would uh, she would go, right? So, and she's got a couple of back things, bits and pieces. Her passport came in time, which is great. Went and saw the doctor yesterday and she's like, the doctor's like, I don't I don't um, recommend you travel for that long of a period if you can't break up the flights. Like, mm-hmm. because he goes, look, if you can get to go Melbourne to LA, wait a day or two just to reset, get you back all sorted again, uh, lay in a bed, and then, and then go, and then and then go again. And there's no there's no time like meeting. So like arrange, funeral arrangements on the weekend. So it's like it's like look, I don't. That's not a luxury that we have at the moment. So, mm. um, mate. So there's a and I'm like, look, I'm happy to go to represent the family on it um, because that uncle, like her brother, came over 
for my brother's funeral, right? And we did it in the week as well, so in such a short time frame. So, mate, I fly at Friday, Friday morning. Uh, yeah. Have you flown first class before? No, I'm not. I'm not flying first. I'm not flying first. I'm not. Uh, it's funny because uh, my uh, mum my was looking at um, business just for for her back, and uh, she and they're like, like, we'll cover something. I'm like, look, I'll cover some of the flight, and they're like, book whatever. And I'm like, oh nah, nah. And because it's such a, it's one of those things where it's a necessity flight, and it's but it's like when you're there, you're like, can I? You go all that way, you go look. Can I make the most of it? And it's. But I'm back, mate. I'm back Thursday. It's a long flight. So we flew, I think it was six or eight hours from Thailand to Melbourne. Yep. Mate, that was so uncomfortable. Mate, I guess it's been a long time since I've done a long flight. Mate, I've got 23 hours of flying or 24 hours of flying on Friday. So Melbourne to LA. Uh, and then LA to uh, LA to Houston. So how long? How long is Melbourne to LA? Fourteen and a half, fifteen or so. And that's um, non-stop, is it? Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. So and then I think it's like three or four or something after. Um, but we, with there's a bunch of layovers in there. So um, so smash. It's, gra- one, it's not layover between Melbourne and LA. It's, it's direct fourteen hours. Yeah, or you, you go via Sydney, right? Sydney or Brisbane, right? Um, to rake it up, and sometimes they do. They actually put on my thing. They if the if the flight doesn't fill, they will go from Sydney. So they would go, hey, they would still ticket me Melbourne to Sydney, and then pick up people in Sydney, right. and go Sydney to there. So if the if it doesn't fill, they'll go that that way, which is fine. It's like, mm. Um, it's mate, a, I'm curious, what's the what did the flight cost compared to flying business? Uh, mate, so I've got I'm going uh, Melbourne to Houston, right? That's my ticket, Melbourne to Houston, and then I've got a domestic flight to uh, from Houston to Flint, Michigan, uh, to see some relatives for for 20 hours. I see them. Uh, and then the next day, I fly out from Flint to Melbourne, but then you go Flint, fuck, you go from Flint, Michigan to fucking Chicago, Chicago to San Francisco, San Francisco to Sydney, Sydney to Melbourne on the way home. So I'll be a bit oh, of more back a little long haul. Uh, so on short notice, five, five, six, like for you, five, five, ninety. Uh, and business would have been 15. Uh, 17, because I did look at it. I did look at. I'd looked at it for like, and then I try to get like, <laughs> I try to be really creative and go. All right, if I just did the long haul ones, uh, what would that be like? Just like so, I could sep- each, do each yeah. ticket separate because um, domestic there in the states, business or first isn't well isn't great. Like it's just it's just like premium mm. economy. It's like, mm. yeah. um, and so and it was still like fifteen. And I was like, fuck, three times the price. And I was like, for a, especially for a smash and grab trip. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, nah, nah. If anything longer or, or if I can invoice a client for it, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. 
So, but yeah, no, it's uh, a quick. It'll be great. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be I know, it's obviously it's a funeral, but um, it'll be it'll be high energy for five days. Mm. And it's also the mark the, the, the terms of high energy <laughs> on the way back. Talk about short layovers, right? I've got a forty-three minute layover. Um, so you got you get off the plane and you just run. Yeah. 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 And you run. So I'm uh just um just flying with my carry on. That's great. Yeah. So just carry on. Laptop, uh shirt tie slacks for funeral and um a couple of pairs of like a pair of jeans and a pair of shorts. And that's really it. Um because Texas it's thirty four degrees at the moment. Yeah, beautiful. And then Michigan's like um, high, tw- like mid twenties. Like still, it's on the tail end of the summer, but it's like twenty two, twenty three. So, um, mm. yeah. So that that's all I've taken. Laptop, that a book, my glasses. That's it. Mm. So really, and it's quick because you don't have to wait for the carousel or your check in and all that. You just go. You know what? I've got what I need on my back, and that's mm. really all I need. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's really good. That's good, mate. Oh, that'll be. Uh It'll be an adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Definitely. Love it. And if I, I booked the mystery car. All right, mystery car at the higher place. And you can go like a, just check whichever ones you want. And I'm like, oh, I want a mystery car to see if I can get there and they give me a Mustang. Would be great. So you book, it's a, like a, yeah, it's higher than the smaller car, but it's like, oh, I'll book a mystery one and see what happens. But is it a bit extra for mystery? It's a bit extra than your cheaper one. Yeah. And there's set classes that there can be. So you you might get like a I'm really what I'm hyping is uh I get a Mustang or some big like Escalade big yeah. truck thing, big GMAC. Yeah, something because I'm all, I'm using it only for like uh through four days. Like Friday through Monday before I go to Michigan. So uh, right. Something, something. Like, this, is, this is going to be interesting when we catch up in a couple of weeks and Janesh got a Corolla. Nah, oh, I'll get this little Yaris or a little smart car. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but that, so that should be, um, yeah, it's kind of when you say settle. And it's also interesting because it's like, I like, I like it and I know I do well in it. Um, I do well in it. I don't know if I like it all the time, like chaos, right? And, mm-hmm. um, when there's chaos going on, it's like, like I'm real, I'm really good at it. Um, mm. It's not sustainable. I know it's not sustainable, but I can re, I can bring certainty in chaos. Mm. Um, so, but then next week we fly back, fly back Thursday, and then we have a pretty big client on the Friday all day. Um, so it's like not even, and you're just gonna be on, like eight a.m. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got yeah, we've got fifty um, correction officers ready to go. And mate, then we, you'll go auto, you'll go autopilot. You'll, you'll yeah, mate. And then um, and then camping on the weekend. So next oh. week will be a big like next weekend. So it'll be a big weekend. Where are you camping? Uh, breakaway, breakaway rivers. Um, but camp trailer. Yeah, camp trailer. Yeah, so yep. two other two other families. Um, yeah, I think uh, we're about two two hours away, like inland type of thing. So, so it'll be a big week, I reckon. 
but it's exciting. It's like, uh, like when I think, like last night, I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know about this. But now I wake up, I'm like, all right, that's going to be good. So, mm. uh, yeah, which would be nice. But I think, yeah, chaos is interesting. Chaos is, it's good. But then it's like, sometimes people look at chaos and it's like they're in a different, um, it's, like peop- it's like a different language sometimes. Like people just don't know what to do in chaos or like a lot of change. And when I mean chaos, like I mean a lot of change. Mm. A lot of change. Um, do you think that that is just not not a norm in overall society or a just not taught or it's not um, people are easier to just throw their hands up? Um, mm. well, I think I've got two answers to you there. <clears throat> The first, the first answer I think I want to give you is I think many of us perform well under different circumstances and there's a group that perform well um, when their back's against the wall. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. Um, my new, new practice I'm opening in Rosebud, I just couldn't get my teeth into, into it at all while I was away on holiday. Not because I was on holiday, but just because there wasn't it just wasn't the, the pressure there. Mm. It just wasn't quite enough pressure. And the moment I got home, got the keys, right, it's been all on, mm. like, non- like all happening. It's like just it's mm. all going. And I think there's a group of people that perform well when their back's against the wall, and I think you're one of those. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I like it too. If it's just too cruisy, if the path is too easy, you're just sort of a bit aimless. Mm. But if there's, a, if there's a cliff in front of you, like all of a sudden you switch to another, there's just another part of you comes out. So I think that there's a group of people where um, they, 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 they're their best when it's super tough. Yeah. Uh, and, I think, and I think that's you. And then secondly, um, and I think where you were possibly heading to, I think we've, we've all got a bit soft and comfortable. Everyone wants comfort. I read a great book called Comfort. And there's a subtitle that I can't think of, but the guy's principle is that evolutionary, genetically, we're designed to do hard things. Mm-hmm. Our body actually needs to do hard things. Yeah. And people don't do hard things. Everyone's looking for the soft meat, the, mm-hmm. you know, the softest cut. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for the best air conditioning and the smoothest road and the most comfortable ride. And um, he said, we need to get tough. We're getting super soft as a as a race, uh, and so um, putting ourselves in places where there's an opportunity to do hard things. I, I really like the idea of that. Uh, he talks about doing a masogi. I'm going to probably pronounce that wrong. A masogi is a Japanese thing. The samurais used to do it, where they would put themselves in an ice, uh, an ice waterfall, or an ice pond. Um, for a period of time. It was kind of a part of their, their yearly ritual. And so he talks about in life doing these masogis, these these moments where we on purpose put ourselves in a tough situation. Did mm-hmm. we talk about this in a previous podcast? We did talk about doing um, doing hard things. We did yeah. – um, um, and you just think people – welcome, Matt, by the way, mate. looks like you're in a moving van. Oh. Mate, you're, is, are you calling in from your parole van? Are you calling in from the parole van? They've let you zoom in, mate. You're moving, and it's like, oh, 
I feel hey. like. Are you calling in for don't, me, Pearl Van, mate? What's going on here? Don't you, don't pan down to the the ankle bracelet. I know, and I'll, I'll see how you just go and cut it, and you can't really tell your correction officer there to turn the radio down, mate. I think they're the boss of you. Boys, good morning. I've been bombarded with humour. Hilarious. Yes. Um, this is what it must feel like to be in the FBI or the CIA. It's amazing in a moving van using the interweb. Fantastic. <laughs> um. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for te- technology and my partner who's currently sourcing internet while I'm on the internet. It's amazing. There you go. I have two bars. Perfect. I caught the tail end of what you were talking about. It's exciting. There's already a topic in the air. So we're talking about needing to do hard things to build resilience Weak people, something like that. Am I on the right page? Yeah, we were talking about um, your question was, Janesh. Do you want to ask Maddie your question? Yeah, I said, why do you think um, majority of people, um, yeah, I think not necessarily weak, but just don't do don't do well in hard times of change, right? Times of times of chaos or times of uh, uncertainty, and um, and Ben was saying that. Um, there's he was reading a book called Comfort, and lo- not many people willingly do hard things anymore. And um, mm. but fundamentally, do we are we in workplaces, in schools, in just every day, day to day? Are we are we teaching? Hey, hard things are okay. Hard things are are good. Um, and sometimes you have to do the hard things, right? Like sometimes you do have to do um, like the hustle and the hustle might be like not sustainable for years, but it's like you might got to do these hard things to either to get where you want to be or uh, it's not like, you're, hey, take this magic pill and you've got your six pack, right? Like you got to do the work. There's no, um, there's no easy way around it. And do you, yeah, so the question is, do you think we're not, that's not, co- why is that not common? That's why I'm. Why is it not coming? We're just not doing it. People are comfortable. We're just not teaching it. Just people just want the easy way out. What do you think? Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's a great topic. Um, I'm actually been listening to a podcast that ties into this quite nicely, and it's about um, blind people. There's this blind guy who basically can see now. And he's mystifying the world because his parents, when he was young, decided to be courageous and let him do everything that he wanted to do. Mm. And so he never really knew that he was special or different because he wasn't, no one got his things for him. No one Mm. stopped him from riding a bike. He came up with this way to do it because he had to out of necessity and he clicks, he goes, and he's like, uses sonar. Somehow he's managed to develop sonar and he can literally, I mean, in saying that he has cleaned up a pole at Mac one where his sonar hasn't worked and he knocked his front teeth out and nearly died. He's had multiple accidents, but his mum every time had the courage to say, well, that could have happened to anyone and has just let him keep going. And it's got to the point where now he can literally, um, and they're looking into the science, but he, he basically can see and he's taken on the role of 
um, re-educating blind people and helping organisations mm-hmm. to actually create individuals that are um, independent. Mm-hmm. He said we've failed blind people because we do everything for them. Mm-hmm. And so, and it ties in with what you're saying, beneath it all was expectations. We put expectations on people and we limit them um, and it's the expectations that prevent people from growing. And I think that that's what we do as a society now. We're so driven for comfort and safety and security mm-hmm. that we hold each other back. We stop each other from struggling and having any pain. And if you, str- if you stop the struggle, you, str- you stop the strength, you stop, stop the development. Mm-hmm. So we're um, unconsciously out of love holding each other back from what we're capable of. Um, and I just thought that was so eloquent put. And as he talks about his journey as a blind person, you just see that overlay, like for us as educators and coaches, that, that's what I see as well, that we're stopping kids from, you know, leaping off something. We buy into their story when they get scared and we say, no, no, you're right. You're not capable because you did just have that leg injury last month. And so you won't be able to do that. And that's okay. You're good enough. And so that kid misses that opportunity to really challenge themselves or fail or have to process failure, whatever it is, that strength that comes from trying difficult things. So I think it ties in quite nicely that there's this idea of, um, yeah, expectations. Mm. What do you think? That's good, Matty. You know what I think also is there's also a culture out there of, and I, and I had it yesterday, I was coaching a group and we were talking about story. And someone said, mm. you know, this project that we're about to do, my story is it's going to be hard work. You know, I need to change that story. Mm. Uh, because, you know, there's this little saying out there, don't work harder, work smarter. And, mm. and I said, do you know what? I don't think you need to change your story. I think it's actually a good story to say this is going to be hard work, but change what, the, what hard work means to you, you know, that hard work's not a bad thing. Hard work's a good thing. Go and work hard. There's, there's a real culture out there of don't work hard. No, no, work hard. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get big muscles going to the gym working smart. You've you got to actually work hard when you go to the gym. You've got to lift the weight. And I think there's a real culture out there that says don't work hard. And, and I think we need to br- bring mm-hmm. back working hard like work hard get up early stay late put in the hours work hard do you think um, that's a might sort of catch up but do you think that is like a, a defense mechanism what i mean by that is like so um if sometimes that you work hard and you may not get where you are where you want to go in that first second third shot right and it's like uh and sometimes it's demoralizing right you're trying to make either a sport you're trying to make a like you're going to have setbacks Right, and you've put everything in, and it can knock you down to either pretty low or ground zero, right? But if I don't work hard, right? But don't I just do not even the bare minimum, bare minimum, or a little bit more? Go, I didn't work hard, it's fine. And it's like this I didn't get it, but I didn't work hard, right? Yeah, yeah. they don't really want to put put themselves on the line there, and it's like they're well, fuck off in a nice way because they got the. They've got the fallback story of if I had tried, I would have got it. 
So it's like a an idea of aim low, never be disappointed. Don't get caught working hard because if you work hard and fail, you're a failure. But if you don't work and you just tinker, then if you fail, well, that's expected. It's no, it has nothing to do with you and and how hard you worked and whether you were smart or not. I reckon you're onto something there, Janesh. I see that with young people, that idea of don't try too hard because if you fail when you try, you're a try hard. Better mm. to fail doing nothing because mm. then you've still got hope. I could have been great. Um, mm. Ben, yeah, what, 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 what are your thoughts, Ben? What do you think? Why? And you said like hard is not. Um, People don't do the work hard. What? Why? Do you think it's that, or why? Well, why do you reckon it's it's stra- people stray away from it? All comfort culture. You know, we're told, you know, we're we're discouraged from from putting in the hours and and working hard. You know, but th- that was the, that was the way. That's the way I got to say that this country was built, and so many places are built because people actually just went out and they they sweated. They worked. They worked hard. They got up early and they finished late, and they worked hard. And it wasn't bad for them. Again, we look mm. at the blue zones. Mm. People in blue zones, they actually work hard. They sweat. They lift. They push. They get up early. They stay up late. They they do the extra. Mm. So I think that there's a there's a cultural thing going on there. I think as well. Uh, I think Maddie's spot on there that there is this um, fly under the under the radar. You know that that I had. A, I remember a coaching client years ago, and he came in, and he was really, he was just bland. He walked bland. He he dressed bland, beanie black, just like unnoticeable. Like he just you wouldn't notice him. And uh, his his mum had sent him in, and we were chatting, and he said he can remember when he was um, eight. He played soccer, and his parents said to him. Uh, your grandfather's going to come and watch you play soccer this weekend. And he decided that on Friday he was going to have a leg injury so he was not able to play, so his grandfather couldn't see him play. And he Mm. said, from that moment onwards, I decided that I would try not to be noticed, so I'd fly under the radar. So when he went to to high school, he didn't fail because if you fail at high school, you get on the radar. Yeah, But he also didn't get A grades because if you get A grades, you get noticed. Mm. So he just cruised through at 55, 60% scores for everything and so that no one ever noticed him. And so he didn't fail, but he didn't necessarily succeed either. Uh, and so I think there's a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Kids just, not just kids, but adults as well, wanting to just play in that very safe zone where they can't get noticed, because mm. if they fail and they don't get noticed either, if they mm. really and it's interesting when they like if majority of society is like that with no or minimal or no accountability or no spotlight, and for whatever reason they get put in a situation that has spotlight, yeah, uh, and usually those type of people it's unintentionally they just don't do well. They just it's like literally a deer in headlights. It's like mm. what do you what do you mean you you're checking? What do, you, what, do you, what do you mean? I need a. What do you mean? I need a report on this. What do you? And they're like, just they just can't operate. Like it's this interesting. Like they're flown under the radar for a while because it's not. It's uh They're doing good work, not um, but not hard work. Right? They're doing good work, and then it's like, well, hold on. Where's the extra detail on this? And they just don't know what to do. 
Like mm. I'm seeing it with a few clients and some um, some team members, and you're like, they're like, would and but they don't have a reference of it. Any of their previous is like, we've never or, had to front up. Or their skills mm. to skills to cope when they when the magnifying glass is on them, so to speak, either because they haven't learned those skills through failure, right? So much mm. of what we learn is from getting it wrong and having somebody whose job is to magnify our strengths and weaknesses and and then we develop i reckon that's i reckon um in australia it's tied back to as well this tall poppy syndrome which is so prevalent you know you go to different countries different countries have different um ways of behaving it's really curious like um kat and i were talking about america in america really enthusiastic and they sell themselves i'm awesome i do this 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 um in Australia, we have this this notion of it's almost like humility. I think is the positive side of it, but we we um we cut each other down. At school, you see it a lot, right? If you're good at mm. something, you're a try hard. Um, you know, did you do your homework? Nah, loser. Like that kind of stuff, like teachers' pet thing. So I wonder whether that's conditioned at school too. It's taught that the actual subculture or the culture of the kids is don't try <clears throat> be you're allowed to be amazing at something through talent but if it's through hard work you're a try hard and i wonder mm. if we have young men and women coming out of school going into life using a model or a map for a system that no longer that doesn't function that way mm. you know that's survival of the fittest at school you get through school and, and then you come into life and actually in life people value hard work. They value work ethic. They value you going the extra mile. They want you to turn up 10 minutes earlier and leave 10 minutes late, later and you got to do that for a while to prove yourself. And once you prove yourself, then you can start to develop new skills and habits that mean that you do do less of the hard work, you know, the sweat. Now you're managing a team. Now you're um, You don't know what you're of, talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> you, you, you pay me first, you reward me, and then I'll do the hard work. Yeah. No. That's the way, that's the way it is. Anyway, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, exactly right. Oh, Appoint great. me CEO, and then I'll then I'll earn the right to become CEO. Uh, yeah. Pay me at the start of the shift, and then. If I yeah. you know, feel like you've paid me enough, then I'll work hard enough throughout the shift. Yeah, but sometimes, sometimes you know, don't, yeah. and I'll be the judge. Don't They'll be my one point five hours of of lunch yeah, as well. Fucking hell! Right? There's uh-huh. a it's so funny. There's a line. So the local guy who runs this um cafe that I go to quite regularly, absolute legend. He's an old school mentality. He employs fifteen. 18-year-olds, and I had a conversation with him because I work with 18-year-olds. Janesh and I work with young people. And he's saying, mate, the entitlement. I said, oh, yeah, sometimes. He goes, I had a line of about 40 people waiting to get into the cafe. And I have one of my staff come up to me and go, oh, it's my lunch break. And he goes, "Uh, there's 40 people waiting to get into the cafe. No one's on a lunch break. He's like, no, 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 I need to have my lunch break. And he's like, what? He said, legally, you have to give me my lunch break. And he said, okay, sure. You go have your lunch break and we'll sort this out. And he's like, back in my day, you know, 
you do the work that needs to be done. And then afterwards we all go, oh, we pushed so what a day. And there'll be some kind of reward. You know, we'll sit down and we'll have a late lunch together and we'll feel this sense of accomplishment. But his team's divided up between the people who want their lunch break, who are watching the rest of them work twice as hard because there's half of them trying to get these people in. He's like, man, it's not easy these days. Um, and we, we do see that elsewhere. It's definitely, yeah, that is it entitlement i don't know it's instant it maybe it's tied to social media as well instant you get what you want when you want it you press a button the song's there you don't have to wait i wonder if that has something to do with it as well what do you think i think it's comfort and i think it's that whole lawnmower parent uh helicopter parent you know vibe that just the path is is it's it's paved for them and mm-hmm. they don't have to slog their way through. I think it's, um, you know, Logs is in India at the moment, which has been a real copter <laughs> shock for him. He landed in New Delhi. New Delhi, uh, he was telling me, just that city, New Delhi, population of Australia, 25 million. Yeah. Um, the population of India is 1,400 million people. 1,400 mm-hmm. million. Australia's 25 million, right? 1,400 million. And so he's had a real a real experience over there. And, and I was on the phone to him just recently and encouraging him, right, to be optimistic in, in what was some, you know, he had a couple, tough couple of days. And and I said, you know, like you could you could get someone to to you know do some of these things with. I said, but you know what? If you did it with someone, it'd be kind of like going to the gym and picking up two 10-kilo dumbbells and saying to one of the guys, you lift that 10-kilo and I'll lift this 10-kilo and expecting to grow as much, right? That's awesome. I said, but if you just do it by yourself, you're lifting the 20 kilos by yourself, dude. <laughs> the growth that you'll experience is way, way more. So, you know, maybe just lean into doing it yourself. <laughs> And and experience the growth, and so he has. He's done. He's done India all by himself. Got on trains in India, tuk tuks, and you know found food places and navigated his way through India uh, by himself. And so the level of growth, and you can see the pain Mm. of the heavy Mm. lifting that he did in the first few days, and the third day, and fourth day, and now he's on his fifth day. Just the level of confidence and strength and flexibility that he's now got. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but for me, in my mind, and this might sound weird, I want to be zombie apocalypse ready. Yeah. Like, you know, because most people are not zombie apocalypse ready, mm. either physically or mentally. Mm. And, if and-, you, and when you are, the normal day-to-day or even some things that are pretty chaotic is okay. Mm. Like still not mm. great, but they're okay. You can get through them. You can see that light at the end of the tunnel. Like kind of being that zombie apocalypse ready. You're like, all right. It's like it's um, like like him or like him or hate him. It's like David Goggins goes. I, why do I do hard things? I callous my mind and callous my body because when life goes to knock him down, he's ready. Like he's real. He's yeah. um, voluntarily doing hard things. To be zombie apocalypse mm. ready. So then, when when there is death in the family, there is um, 
a business failure, something that knocks him about. It's like, all right, not great, but I'm I'm okay with it. Like I can I can get through it. Um, which is interesting, mm. but not many people, Ben, are willing to be zombie apocalypse ready. No, mm. no, and and I guess the question is, do they yeah. need to be? Comfort. Do they need to be? Like, you know, is that is that is that a story that serves me? I don't know. Is it as I don't know. So, and, and if it was true, what needs to change? If it is true that doing hard things is good, that being always comfortable is not great, is if it is true that we are becoming soft as a culture, but we should be stronger, how do how do we change that? Hmm. Stop the participation awards. Mm. That's part of it, maybe. Mm. Um, which is great. You can give someone a high five, but don't go, hey, like if you want to get work. And I do this with with Cy and size size 10 and go, don't say, oh, I wish it was good. That's fine. But if you want it, let's let's put in the work. Like let, let's train, mm. let's study, let's whatever you want to be good at, sure. But don't just turn up. You can turn up and play and that that's that's the value in that too. But if you go, I want to be good, like I think it's like it's – no, you don't. It's not a participation like award. Like, no, yes, you did well and you took part. Awesome. Were you best on ground? No. Like, there's certain like not at size age, but there's certain younger leagues that in in sport now, which is fascinating. There's no we. They don't score in the game. Like in mm. in younger like uh, under sixes, under sevens, and I'm like, why? Because when they get to under nines, under tens, under twelves, they're definitely scoring, and and they're like, oh, because we don't want the kids to lose. That yeah, doesn't, so doesn't I think help. I think that's that's the thing. It it's the stop stop sheltering people from failure. You know, allow allow people to to fail because that's mm-hmm. where the lessons are. You know, and we have this culture. I fail so much on my skateboard, surfing, and there's always someone who will go, oh, you can't be that good. You're always falling off. And my mentality is that's why I am good because I'm always falling off. And people think I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, you've got it wrong. Mm. If you're not falling off, you're not getting better. Like that's – you got to – I really think that 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 and um, raise expectations – that if we all individually raise our expectations on what we're capable of, but also what other people are capable of, you know, Um, because other people's expectations have a massive effect on what we're capable of as well. So if I change my expectations, my worth and yours, I know you're, you you know, credit where credit's due, doing a great job, but I think you can do better. Mm. I don't know whether there's any negatives that can come from that. Kat and I were talking about it. Can you, can you create a negative situation by having higher expectations of someone or yourself? I think you can still appreciate what you've done, but I think, yeah, we need higher expectations of each other um, and of what we're capable of and, and the younger generation. Like I think you see it as you get older that you start to do what everyone did to you. Oh, when I was younger, we were stronger. We were tougher. We tell that story. Mm. So I wonder whether we can raise 
our expectations of young people um, and that might have an effect. They have to step up because we're saying, nah, you're more than capable. You're stronger than that. You're smarter than that. Mm. So, in uh, Benny, you want to lead us off with um, – with the, with a wrap up, a takeaway, some good conversation today in terms of for our listeners, in terms of, uh, and it may not be a an actionable point, but in terms of, it may even be something to ponder. Thoughts? Yeah, well, well I guess what what this offers your question about, you know why is it people don't cope so well in crazy, awkward, weird, uncomfortable, um, confusing situations? And, and I, I wonder if we, we just were to try that on today a little bit, that rather than take the same route to work, go a different way. Rather than drive to the shop, walk to the shop, and that sounds really easy, but some of us don't even do that. Rather than... Um, you know, uh, you know, be so careful about how much shopping you get because you've got to carry the, the bag home or walk the bag home. Do a little bit more shopping. Who's ever done that, right? Because we're just around the corner from Calcia. We did the big shop and we walked there. So, of course, we had to walk back with all these bags. Good. Do hard things, you know. Um, I wonder where, where today you could find something that would just be hard. And you know what? It could actually be doing something uncomfortable, like having a conversation <laughs> with someone at a coffee shop. Yeah. There was a lady that was at the coffee shop this morning early. She walked in and she had this, She looked really sharp and she had this kind of business, like a man's business shirt with French cuffs and just nice pants and, you know, she just looked good. And I thought that'd be a great uniform uh, for the new clinic. Like I need a new uniform. So, you know, I, I grabbed a moment and I walked up to her. I said, look, I'm just, I just want to say I really like your shirt. Um, you know, where did you get it? Now, for heaps, for me, that was there was no discomfort there at all. But for mm. lots of people, to actually engage with someone like that, that's a really uncomfortable thing to do. That's a hard mm. thing to do. So maybe they could do that. Interestingly enough, she said, well, it's, it's actually an op shop shirt. I've got an op shop. I said, well, that's not good to me because I'm not being able to get one of those again. Anyway, um, <laughs> so just find something a bit hard to do today. Send someone a text that just feels a bit uncomfortable but, you know, it's a love It's a love text. It's, hey, I'm thinking of you and hope everything's okay in your world. And, and that might just feel a little bit hard and a bit uncomfortable. Where could you stretch? Where could you flex? Where could you create um, more choice in your world? Um, I think that's my kind of wrap for today. What about you, Manny? I like that, Benny. I think just to add to that, there's, um, there's some things that they could do. Like, I mean, you know, you mentioned cold. There's some practices as well. Maybe there's something there that you could deliberately practice that is built to make you a little uncomfortable because that's where, you know, strength and resilience and belief in yourself comes from, being able to endure a bit of uncomfortability. I love that. And I'm going to stick with sort of, yeah, that idea of appreciation and expectations um, tying into what you're saying. Like how can you raise your own expectations of yourself Um and those around you. I really think that's important that, um, yeah, hold the highest regard for the people around you. So you might have an interaction today where you make an assumption and, and, and it's a low expectation of the person that's communicating with you. Raise it. Expect um, more of them. Expect um, more of yourself. 
And I really think that that might be a mindset shift that could support you being able to do some of the things Ben's talking about, mm-hmm. which is push a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. I think that they work beautifully with each other, um, that you're capable fuck if you didn't have a single plastic bag and you had all that shopping and you had to get it home you'd find a fucking way mm. you would you'd fucking put it all in your shirt <laughs> like if you'd you'd find a way and whatever it is um yeah you're capable but only if you test yourself and we've got to test ourselves sometimes mm. just so that we can um soak in some of the glory we are fucking capable we're really strong we're resilient um, how do we know if we sit in our uggies on a nice warm couch and we never test ourselves? Mm. Mm. I would say, um, to both, like to allow what both you are saying, both you are saying is, um, flip the script and go, what, what if it works? Right. What if it works? Like we think about what if it fails and blah, blah, and then we go, oh, look, we'll kind of tone it down and we'll give it a 7 out of 10 as opposed to give it our all and put in hard work and have high expectations of yourself and others. I think just go, what if it What if it works and allow yourself to do the hard work, right? Um, go, if it works, great. But then so go allow yourself to work. And I think by doing that, um, hopefully it increases – Increases your tolerance to, to failure, right? And then um, you go, all right, so by failing, you're learning, but it's like that expectations of others as well. It's like, hey, if they've, instead of cutting tall poppy, cutting them down, like what we should be doing, the expectation is high of someone else, you should be lifting him up. You shouldn't be cutting down the poppy. You should be watering the other people's poppies, right? So, um, but yeah, I would say flip it and go, what if it works? I love that. That's the, uh, between the three of us, we got some ingredients here for um for the, for an awesome yeah an awesome mm. day. Can I plug? Can I plug this um <laughs> this thing. I think every I think this should be mandatory listening for all students teachers. I really I'm that pumped about it. It's so well put together. Um, it's called the expectation effect by in I you were his, say give the po- our uh, podcast. A I know, mate. No, fuck, what are you talking I'm about? Plugging mate? another one. I'm plugging another one because I think it's going to come back full circle for us. How much are they paying you? How much are they paying you? They're putting a a tank of fuel, a fuel of tank. (laughs) That got me here. i got to plug them. Um, I really think that everyone will get a lot out of it. And if you can see blind people doing hard things, that's going to also force you to go, hang on a second. If this guy can do that, Mm. I am fully capable. I have two eyes i have two arms i have two legs maybe i need to stretch my because this guy's not taking you know any excuses he's he's killing it what's the plan and really humble and encouraging others so it's it's called the expectation effect and it's by invincibilia i-n-v-i-s-i-b-i-l-i-a um it's on we'll put it in the show notes platform we'll put um we'll put a link to it in the uh in the show notes and comment what you think Mm. do you think that Mm. it's um yeah, is it plausible? Is it useful? And would it help maybe your kids? Um, if you're an educator or a coach, is it helpful to, yeah, to watch this? And could we encourage others? Mm. Is, is it a YouTube buddy? Um, No, it was a, a podcast. But you said on, watch it. <laughs> you, yeah, I 
don't know why I said that. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Nice. Yeah. What's your with is? All righty, team. Thanks for listening to another episode. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lifelong Learner. If you like this episode and want to know more and hear other episodes, head over to lifelonglearnerpodcast.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter where you'll be the first to know when new podcast episodes come out. And if you want to say hello, tell us a joke or ask us a question, send us an email at hello at lifelonglearnerpodcast.com. Thanks again.